Father, we thank you that we can gather together today because Jesus rose from the dead. Thank you for the gospel that we heard, uh, that we received. Help us to continue uh, to believe in that, to trust in Jesus. Encourage us this morning, we pray, as we look at this chapter in 1 Corinthians. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Did Jesus really uh, rise from the dead? How would you respond to that if somebody asked you that question? And it's a question that's asked uh, quite often at this time of year as we head towards Easter. Did Jesus really rise from the dead? The spectator asked a number of prominent people uh, a number of years ago that question. Uh, People like uh, Tony Blair, this was the response that they got. The Prime Minister does not take part in surveys. The Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams, so it was a number of years ago uh, this took place. But this surely is going to be a really good answer, isn't it, to did Jesus really rise from the dead? His response, or a response from his office, I'm afraid we don't take part in compare and contrast surveys. That's really encouraging, isn't it, from the Archbishop of Canterbury, the leader of the Anglican Church. Anne Widdecombe, Conservative MP for Maidstone, uh, said in response, yes, of course I believe in the physical resurrection of Christ. Good answer. Many uh, were asked that question. Many gave no comment. Some, like Anne Widdecombe, were bold in answering that question. Then um, Cardinal Murphy O'Connor, Archbishop of Westminster, gave his answer. He begins, If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 17. The Christian message stands or falls by this truth. Both the empty tomb and the witness of those first disciples who saw, ate, and conversed with the risen Christ highlight this. This is not only the core of my faith, but it is also the faith of the church, namely of those countless millions who since that first Easter Sunday have believed and proclaimed that Jesus is risen. Therefore, his life and what he promised bring meaning and hope for everyone. What I do at Easter as bishop is proclaim this truth on behalf of that believing community. What a brilliant answer that is. Did Jesus really rise from the dead? Yes. What a brilliant answer. And as we go through this chapter, uh, chapter 15, which um, we've had the love chapter in chapter 13. I think this is, uh, could be titled the resurrection chapter, chapter 15. It's where Paul uh, will address that question. uh, Did Jesus really rise from the dead? As we'll see in a moment, uh, there seems to be some in Corinthians who doubt the physical resurrection. Uh, And so Paul will address that during this chapter. But before he gets uh, to verse 12 and that question, uh, he begins by reminding them the gospel. He wants to remind them of the gospel that uh, that he had preached, that they had received, in which they stand, and by which they are saved. They'd heard the gospel, they'd heard, heard the true uh, message of Christ, uh, and they must continue to believe 
that gospel. There is no other gospel by which we can be saved. And by this gospel, that they are saved, uh, only if they hold firmly to the word that I preach to you, Paul says in verse 2. That is, uh, to go on believing and living out the gospel. They'd heard it, they believed it, and they need to continue believing and holding firmly to the truth of the gospel as they live it out in their lives. That is proof that they are truly saved. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. Your faith is useless. Literally, your faith is empty. That is what Paul says. Unless you go on believing the true gospel, unless you keep living it out, your faith will prove to be useless. It will prove to be an empty faith. They are to persevere in the faith. So what is this gospel uh, that Paul wants to remind them of, that they heard and believed uh, and which they're saved by? Verse 3 to 4. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according uh, to the Scriptures. It's a brilliant summary of the gospel. Christ died, Christ was buried, Christ rose to life. That is the gospel that Paul passed on. And it wasn't a gospel that he invented or that was made up by people. Because he says in Galatians, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. This gospel that Paul passed on of first importance wasn't some man-made invention it was from Jesus Christ. He received it from Jesus and he passes on uh, that good news. And they are to hold firmly to it. And this is the gospel that Christ died. Christ left the glory of heaven. He came down to this earth, uh, became flesh like us. His glory veiled in order to freely give his life to die on a cross as a ransom for many. He endured uh, the scorn and shame of the cross so that our sin uh, could be dealt with. He freely gave his life, gave his life uh, so that our sin might be washed clean. Christ was buried. He, he really died. He was really put in a tomb. And then Christ was raised. He was raised to life. The tomb was empty. On the third day, he rose again. We have crosses all over the place in here. We've got this huge one here. We've got a huge one over there. Uh, and it's a symbol of our Christian faith. But what I love about the cross is that it's an empty cross because Jesus didn't stay dead. He rose to life. He died on that cross for sin. But three days later, he was alive again and is still alive. 
as he reigns as king. Jesus didn't stay dead. The tomb is empty. There's a song we used to sing uh, with the children. God's not dead. No, he is alive. Do you, do you remember singing that? Love it. It's brilliant. You always got the kids to, they always sung uh, the no as loud as possible, shouting that out. God's not dead. No, he is alive. What a brilliant song of truth. The tomb is empty. God's not dead. That is the gospel which they heard, which they received, which they stand in, by which they are saved. It's the gospel that brings forgiveness of sin and new life. That is the gospel. And the resurrection it is a vital part of the gospel. It doesn't end with Jesus dying on the cross. Jesus rose from the dead. And Paul goes on to say, look, Jesus really did rise from the dead because he appeared to so many people. He appeared to Cephas, to Peter, to the 12 without Judas. He appeared to more than 500 believers. And if you're in any doubt that Jesus rose, go and speak with some of them. There are many who are still alive. Go and ask them about it. He appeared to James, uh, to all the apostles, and finally to Paul. And Paul says of himself in verse 9, For I am the least of the apostles, and do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. We know Paul's story from Acts 9, uh, how the Lord appeared to him. There, Paul was a hater of the church and of Christ. But, and it's always good to see a but in uh, the Bible, verse 10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. What a brilliant reminder uh, of God's saving grace. We've heard it this morning uh, from the students from Cape and Ray, how the Lord saves people. And I love the way that Paul is saved because it just shows us that nobody is beyond the saving grace of the Lord. Jesus didn't stay dead. He really did rise. And there are countless witnesses who saw him. That is the gospel that they heard and that they received. Jesus died and Jesus rose to life. That is the gospel they heard and received and they must continue to stand in it and believe the true gospel. But what if Jesus didn't rise from the dead? Verse 12. But if it is preached that Christ has has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? That seems to be one of the issues at the Corinthian church. Uh, this doubt that Jesus really did rise physically from the dead. And so Paul in this next uh, section uh, talks through the implications of that. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, if there is no resurrection, then the first thing we see, not even Christ has been raised, verse 13. If there is no resurrection of the dead, Jesus hasn't been raised. He's still in the tomb. The tomb is still occupied. Christ is still dead. 
And so if there is no resurrection, then uh, preaching is useless. Verse 14. I used to be told this uh, occasionally and use this phrase myself. I wonder if you've ever heard it. Uh, as useful as a chocolate fire guard. Have you heard that? Yeah. That's what the gospel would be. It would be as useful as a chocolate fire guard if Jesus hadn't been raised from the dead. The message of the gospel would be useless. It'd be meaningless. If the tomb is occupied, if Jesus is still in it, then the message is empty. It's useless. And then, if there is no resurrection, the Corinthian faith, the Corinthians' faith is useless. Our faith is useless. If the tomb is occupied, our faith is empty. Preaching is empty. Faith is empty. Both useless. Because we're putting our faith in someone who's no longer living. And what use is that? Our faith would be useless. There was a man named uh, Victor Lustig who lived in the first half of the 20th century. Uh, he was the greatest con artist. Uh, he sold the Eiffel Tower twice for scrap metal. It's unbelievable. He went across, I think he was, he was all across America uh, doing minor uh, cons, but he sold the Eiffel Tower not once, but twice. He was, a late, he was later uh, caught and arrested and sentenced to 20 years in Alcatraz. But this guy uh, was one of, if not the greatest con artist uh, ever. But Christianity would be the greatest con ever if Jesus hadn't been raised from the dead. The message would be a lie. We would all be preaching a lie. We'd all believe in a lie and we'd then all be living a lie if Jesus hadn't risen from the dead. Our faith would be as useful as a piece of paper that said you owned the Eiffel Tower. It would be useless. Christianity is nothing without the risen Christ. If there is no resurrection, then verse 15, the apostles would be false witnesses. They'd be liars. If the tomb is occupied, then the witness is untrustworthy. They said they had seen the Lord Jesus. They said they had eaten and spoken with him and spent time with him. But if Jesus hadn't been raised from the dead, then they're misrepresenting God. They're liars. Verse 16, For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. If there is no resurrection, then the Corinthians are still in sin. Verse 17, the Corinthians' faith is pointless. Sin has not been forgiven. They're still captive to sin if Jesus had not been raised 
from the dead. And if there is no resurrection, then there is no hope for those who have died. Those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If Jesus did not rise, then death is the end. There is no hope. Those who have died believing and trusting in Christ that would be lost forever. If there is no resurrection, then Christians are to be pitied above all other people. How foolish would it be for us to waste our lives if Jesus had not been raised from the dead? What fools we would be. Why give your life to Christ why endure suffering for being a Christian? Why lose family, friends, home, job, uh, even lives? Why miss out on the pleasures of the world if Christ didn't really rise from the dead? We might as well, uh, as verse 32 says, if the dead are not raised, let us eat, drink, for tomorrow we die. What is the point? of living the Christian life if Jesus didn't rise from the dead. We are to be pitied above all other people. But, verse 20 of 1 Corinthians 15, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Christ has been raised from the dead. He's the first fruits of the harvest. Uh, first fruits of the harvest, uh, the sort of first pickings of the crop. The farmer goes out and picks uh, those, uh, and it brings him such encouragement that there will be a big harvest to collect. The full harvest is coming. Christ is the first of many to be raised from the dead. He is the first fruits. And so that means that death no longer needs to be feared. And that is probably, possibly, the greatest fear uh, that we all face. Death. But death no longer needs to be feared because Jesus rose from the dead. He defeated death. Death is compared to sleep. Paul says those who are believing, who believe the gospel, who are trusted in Jesus, who stand in the gospel, who live that out, death to those is like sleep. And one day we'll be woken from that sleep to receive the resurrection life, that eternal life that Jesus promises. I didn't know this till this week, and maybe you do know this, but apparently Christians invented a new word for uh, graveyards, uh, the word being cemetery. And apparently uh, that was a Christian name given to graveyards. It comes from the Greek word meaning sleeping place. I think that's such 
a wonderful word to use for Christians, those believing in Jesus. We go to the grave, but that is just our sleeping place until we are raised to life to be with Jesus forever. C.S. Lewis writes in his book, Miracles, the New Testament writers speak as if Christ's achievement in rising from the dead was the first event of its kind in the whole universe, in the whole history of the universe. He is the first fruits, the pioneer of life. He has forced open a door that has been locked since the death of the first man. He has met, fought, and beaten the king of death. Everything is different because he has done so. Christ isn't in the tomb. He rose to life. He has defeated death. And that is the hope that Christians have. That one day we will be raised to life. Physically to be with Jesus forever. This week is our mission week. As you know, hope for Heimburn. And what better hope can we offer the world than the hope that Jesus gives? The hope of uh, sins forgiven and the hope of life everlasting in him. The great enemy, death, has been defeated because Jesus rose from the dead. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? As that message of hope goes out this week, let's be in prayer, praying that people will hear and believe that they will find forgiveness and life in Jesus, the one who defeats sin and death at the cross and in his resurrection. And for us, let's keep believing. Let's keep holding on to the gospel, to Jesus, the one who died was buried and rose to life. Did Jesus really rise from the dead? Yes, he did. Let's pray. Oh God, our King, by the resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, on the first day of the week, you conquered sin, put death to flight, and gave us the hope of everlasting life. Redeem all our days by this victory. Forgive our sins. Banish our fears. Make us bold to praise you and to do your will. And steal us to wait for the consummation of your kingdom on the last great day. Through the same Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.